We don't like to hear about it, but there are injuries in the NBA and they're going to impact our fantasy team. So let's go through all 30 teams, look at the current injury reports, check out how they're going. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the former owner of Sneed's Feed and Seed back when it used to be called Chuck's. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at lockedonfantasybasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Let's uh, let's do injuries. And again, every year, especially when your team gets injuries in fantasy and you hear the narrative, man, there's just way more injuries than ever in the NBA. We're going to go through these teams. There's not. There's not actually that. I don't think there's that many injuries, but maybe you can be the judge. Your team might have been hit with three injuries and that happened one of my team. I had Booker, Beal, Duran, and someone else. Bogdanovich maybe. And I was like, Jesus, I'm getting hit, right? But as a general totality across the league, knock on wood, we're actually okay at the moment. Things are looking all right. Let's start in reverse alphabetical order. It is the Washington Wizards, your mates, the best team in the NBA. Um, They're actually okay as well. Dolan Wright is dealing with a knee problem. He's out until the middle of December. We have seen some extra minutes flow through to Bilal Kulabali, but I think he would have been getting those minutes anyway. And then it is just nonsense in terms of their rotation with Landry Shamet getting minutes for God knows what reason. Tyus Jones not getting more minutes. Jordan Poole not getting more minutes. Um, it's just bullshit. This whole team is bullshit. This whole franchise is bullshit. And I don't know, man. Bullshit. John Davis is dealing with an elbow issue. He is questionable. He was in the rotation at the start of the season, and they just went, oh, no, absolutely not. No, see you later. We're not playing you. You're terrible. And now he's hurt his elbow. We'll see where he goes. He might be one of the worst top 10 picks in recent memory, and I don't really have any faith. Although, when they shut guys down in April, he will get plenty of time, and he'll put up a little run of numbers. We go, maybe Johnny Davis is figured out. And we, he, he probably hasn't would be the answer to that. For Utah, looking all right there as well. It's just at the moment, Walker Kessler. And we're probably about a week or so away from um, Kessler returning. I've got his return date estimated at um, 11th, uh, sorry, 30th of November. These return dates are what we project on Basketball Monster. For some of them, we have ideas from what team puts out. For other things, teams are incredibly opaque in terms of injury timeline. So we're trying to guess on a lot of this stuff. Sometimes it's just re-evaluation timetables and we add an extra couple of days on. It is very, very tough to try and do this. At the moment, Kessler is out. They're starting Abaji. Alinek hasn't seen a gigantic bump in minutes. I'll be interested to see what they do when Walker comes back. Does he go back and play 30 minutes or is he going to be a 24-minute-a-night player as Alinek gets these minutes and Abaji goes back to the bench? That's what I expect happens, but... We'll see. If it's healed, maybe Walker starts playing those 30 minutes a night that we sort of hoped that he would at the start of the year. For Toronto, they had Christian Coloco still dealing with this illness that, I, I, what is going on? 
No idea what is happening with this illness. We hope he's all right because it must be actually significantly bad, especially if it does stem from a nose issue, which was back in April. That's a long time, man. And he's still out. So, yeah, not good there for um for old mate. Uh, Coloco, he is out. I did have him as doubtful, but he has officially been ruled out. And Thad Young has been downgraded to doubtful with an illness. These guys aren't part of the rotation. Javon Freeman Liberty dealing with an ankle. I'm going to put him doubtful as well. But these, again, these are not players who are part of the rotation. The next one we look at here is um, Devin Vassell and the San Antonio Spurs. He's going to miss again today with a groin injury. They are starting Julian Champagne, who is at least stream-worthy, especially for deeper formats. This has to be a little bit worrying for Vassell. This is the second time this season, I believe, for this groin injury. And while I love Devin Vassell as a player, I'm really excited about where he can go in the future. I, I was a little bit down on him compared to consensus. I don't think I drafted him in any league because people were just going too high on him. And this is two years in a row of significant injuries for him. How real they are, I don't know. Um, and I think he's, I actually do think he's going to be a really, really good player. But you know, it is a little bit of a worry with all these sort of lower body problems that are, that are cropping up at the moment for Vassell. And it, it's definitely frustrating for us. For the Kings... Quite a few names on this injury list, not many that are super, super important. What they have done, though, is Trey Lyles is out. They haven't given us an update there. He's set to return. Well, all they've said to update is that he's out today. Uh, sorry, out for their next game. Yeah, today's game, that's right. He is a guy that would take some of those minutes from JaVale McGee um, in the bench unit and maybe some from Sasha Vizenkov, who's also on the injury report with a thumb issue. He is questionable. Um, Kevin Herter missed last game. He's questionable with a finger issue. We saw Chris Duarte start and put up a good line, but that's not going to be long-lived. Alex Len's out for months. We'll be looking at a January return for him. And Keon Ellis hurt his ankle yesterday. He never returned to that game, even though they said he was available to return. And then they ruled him out for today. So sick on, on leaving us with a, hey, this guy's available to return, never does, and then he's out the next day. So someone's lying or bad at their jobs. Either one. Maybe someone was good at their jobs by lying to us. Not that it really matters. It's Keon Ellis who's got a sick haircut. But that's sort of where we're at with them. All A bunch of injuries. Not many that are majorly important. Lyles is sort of important for the bench. And Herder obviously has some importance. But yeah, they're, they're rolling at the moment. The Kings putting up some good, uh, good results. Let's go to the Portland Trailblazers. And they obviously have significant injuries with Anthony Simons out with that thumb issue. He is practicing without the cast on at the moment. I'm still got him there returning middle of December, so about three to four, about four weeks away. He could return earlier than that, but they're not going to rush it. Like, we're aware of that. I think Scoot might be back at the end of this week, or at least across the weekend with his ankle problem. We haven't had an update on that recently. While I've got Brogdon and his hamstring around the same time, they have given us zero updates on Brogdon. But this is why when, and people will question this all the time, but part of my job is to try and project stuff out. That is the idea of projections. So when Brogdon hurts his hamstring, I put him down and out for like 10 days was my initial estimation. People go, whoa, is he any official report on that? Isn't he just day-to-day? Sure he is, but... It's a soft tissue injury for an old bastard who has had a lot of soft tissue injuries. I'm not going to just sit here and rule him out day by day by day. And I've really sort of changed my tune on this a lot over the last couple of years because it just screws up all projections and trying to look at short-term stuff when a team gives no timetable on someone and just rules them out game by game. You can't actually project anything for anybody as we move forward. So I've got Brogdon out to the end of this week, which would start to come in line with a reasonable return from a hamstring injury. He might be back 
earlier this week. He might be back in another week after this. I don't know because they will not tell us. But that's where we're at with Brogdon. Of course, with Brogdon, Scoot, and Simons out, we are still knocking through with Skylar Mays, who's putting up really strong numbers. You roster him. I do not believe that Skylar Mays maintains long-term value. And even if Brogdon is traded, Mays would be an 18-minute, 20-minute-a-night backup not a guy you'd want in 12-team league. So when you're considering between him or a longer-term play, like I've heard people say, oh, I might drop Jalen Duran and grab Skylar Mays. Please don't. Like that, That's just not a good move. It's, a, it's good for now, and this is why you have a streaming spot to take advantage of these short-term things. So there you go. The other one is Ish Wainwright. It's got a knee injury, so he's out until about the 26th of, um, 26th of December for old mate Ish Wainwright. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins, or if your team is the Wizards and you bet against them if your team loses, or the Pistons. Should we use the joke on the Pistons? Yeah, let's do it for the Pistons. So if you want to get $150 in bonus bets, you put that $5 Moneyline on the Pistons' opponent and see how you go. They've lost 11 straight. They're on pace for a, uh, since the trade deadline, they've won five games and lost 30 plus. They're on track for a nine game season. They've got the lowest winning percentage Detroit um, in all major sports over the last, I think, five years. Sick. And so you can bet against them. Get your bonus bets and then go to parlays, go to totals, go to spreads, go to player props, go to futures, whatever. FanDuel has everything and it is so easy to use. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season four weeks in. FanDuel is also an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Josh, you just hate the Pistons because you used to be a Bulls fan and it's all from rivalries. No, no, not at all. I don't hate the Pistons. I just think that they're inept and uh, things need to change. And I actually feel like I wish I wish Pistons fans had more success because there's some fun players there, but there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on as well. The Phoenix Suns, Brad Beal. I've got his return listed as the 13th of December with this back injury. I am, as you're well aware, absolutely shit scared, petrified of Brad Beal and this back injury. And if I had any inkling of what I know now, there is no chance I would have touched him in a draft. None. But we didn't. We found out about it opening night. Because even when he was sitting out the games in the preseason, like, ah, it's just preseason, man. We just He's just getting back into business. All right, cool. All right, we never heard anything along these lines. This is bad. This is not good. And I, if I had to set an over-under on games played for Beelow this season, 40 and a half, and I'd lean under. I, I think this is going to be a problem all season. And I would be very, very worried about him. And that just opens up Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen as the alternate stream legends. Damo Lee dealing with a meniscus surgery in his knee. He should be back mid-December. Where he fits in the rotation, he probably gets the Jordan Goodwood minutes, I would guess. Or some like Yuta Watanabe's or Joshua Kogi's even, who's really struggling. And that's not a surprise. Like Joshua Kogi was a little bit of a revelation coming across last season. But the reason he was available was because he was shit. And because he did nothing and he couldn't score and he couldn't do anything. And he was just available for free, basically. And he had a little hot streak at the end of last season, but he's just reverted back into being Josh Kogi. And these things happen with these players. Yuta Watanabe missed last game with a thigh issue that he suffered in an intense pickup game, according to Frank Vogel. So yeah, he's uh, he's been all right, but he's obviously nowhere near fantasy relevant. Onto the Philadelphia 76s, it is just Kelly Oubre with the rib injury. We're looking at 
first week of December probably for him to return. Nick Batum is starting. Bob Covington's minutes have been cut. You're not wanting to have Covington or Batum in 12-team leagues. Um, I'll be very interested to see when Ubre comes back. Do they start him or do they start Batum? Because Ubre's numbers were significantly trending down before his injury. I think you still, once we start to get a bit closer to his return, you'd be okay adding him. But I'm not convinced that he remains a top 120 guy rest of season. He just does not have a particularly fantasy-friendly game if he's playing 27 minutes a night and there are other usage players on the team. He just isn't. So I'd be very interested to see how they use that and how he goes when he returns. I was. It was brought to my attention yesterday that there was an erroneous injury report on CBS Sports in the injury page. Be very, very cautious about that page. It's good that they put a lot of injuries up on CBS Sports in the injury page, but they, this is the second time this season that I have seen an injury over there that was uh, completely false in terms of timeline. They had Wendell Carter Jr. yesterday for Sunday's game as a game-time decision. He's still got a cast on his hand. Right? He's nowhere near a game-time decision. Someone was debating that in my Twitter comments, not blaming this guy because he read CBS Sports. You think it's true, right? It's like someone's like, hey, do I drop Wendell Carter? He goes, nah, man, he's game time decision. I said, he's not. Like, uh, where did where did you see this? I hadn't even heard that. The, oh, the other one they had was uh, Zion Williamson is uh, you're going to uh, sit out all preseason games and be on a uh, restriction to start the season or, or something, whatever nonsense that was, right? Um, this one here is just false. Like Wendell Carter is still returning from hand surgery. We're looking at beginning of December and I've got him at the 2nd of December. That might even be early. So we just keep rolling with Badadze and Wagner and a little bit of boost extra for John Isaac. Markel Fultz, we don't have an update. So I don't know what to do with this. It's not any specific injury that I can look up timetables for. So I'm going to say 22nd of November, which is their next game. But who knows, man? I would be not confident in starting Markel this week because I don't know where this knee problem is going, unfortunately for him and unfortunately for us if we have him. For the Thunder, they are remarkably healthy. The Broncos sat out last game, Jalen Williams with a hip issue. Apparently, he heard it the game before. He was fine and then woke up sore. He missed in a a million-point blowout of the Blazers. He will be fine. He will return. He will be solid. He's, he's, He's a really good player. I wouldn't say he's lit it up fantasy-wise, and I'm not sure he ever gets to do that this season. But, you know, he's good. So what do we care? On to the New York Knicks. Quentin Grimes um, with a wrist injury. They did upgrade him to questionable today. As long as he is out, we are rolling with Dante DiVincenzo. If he plays, I just want to see what they do with DiVincenzo because he was great last game. Now, I really do think Grimes can be a quality player. Tom Thibodeau disagrees with me, and he's got him on the center usage diet, the old CUD, um, and just never gives him the ball, and he doesn't play enough minutes, and he's sort of stuck in uh, Thibodeau purgatory, which is uh, awesome. And then Ivan Fournier is dealing with ankle soreness. He is questionable to ever play a minute again. But we will see what ends up happening with his career. And we don't really care. For a fantasy point of view, let's look at the New Orleans Pelicans. Christian James McCullum is dealing with that pneumothorax in his lung. We're looking at an early December return for him. With him out, obviously, it's been Daniels and Hawkins that have boosted up. They're getting Jose Alvarado back today. So how Alvarado impacts Daniels and Hawkins is going to be intriguing. I do not think that they will start Alvarado over Daniels. I don't think they will. Alvarado can be useful, sure, but Daniels has been better, I believe. So it would be very intriguing to see where those minutes come from. Like, who does he take them from? Hawkins? I think Hawkins may end up out of the rotation when other players return. Just watch that one. Because Ken Murphy is dealing with that knee injury. We're thinking him, if you don't know who that is, that is Trey Murphy. Um, Trey Murphy is going to return probably early December as well. 
he will be absolutely worth grabbing. We are look, we don't have a firm update on him. We are 10 days away from my estimation estimated return. What am I saying like that? Estimated? My estimated return for Trey Murphy. When the initial injury came out, they said mid to late November, uh, maybe early December. And as always, my default is going to be whatever they tell you, do the back end of it and then add an extra week or so on. And we're past mid-November. We're heading towards late November. We haven't had an update on it. I'm still thinking early December for trade, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's not back in full go until Christmas. But we are in a situation where we're starting week five. If you're really good and your team is strong and you have an ability to hold him, you're getting him now just to wait and see what happens. It's 10 days away from my estimated return. Doesn't mean that's going to happen, but we're getting close to that spot that if he is on your waiver wire, you don't want to wait until the report comes out and says, hey, Trey Murphy is back in two days because then you will you find that really more of a battle to get him. You'll have to pay more fab. You'll have to be really cautious about or really quick to get him. So if you are in a position, you're, we're 10 days away. It is 10 days of zeros, probably 10 days minimum of zeros. I wouldn't mind getting him though. Wouldn't mind it. Larry Nance dealing with rib issues, a rib fracture. He's out until middle of December. That is probably going to have to help Jonas Valanciunas because the reason that Valanciunas' minutes go down is because Nance pairs better with Zion. And if Nance isn't there, then JV should play more. The other one is Matty Ryan, who's dealing with a calf injury. He's actually just been downgraded to out for today's game. So he is out for today's game. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, injuries that don't really matter that much. Jordan McLaughlin with a knee injury. We're looking at mid-December there, but he is not a rotation player. Nor is Jalen Clark, who's a rookie second-round pick, who's coming off a torn Achilles that he suffered in college. And he won't be back until March, would be the guess there. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS. It's you, V-Numbers. That is it. You don't have to worry about other people, thousands of others, with salary cap lineups or spreadsheets or algorithms. Price picks, the good blokes that they are, they throw up a number and you just go, uh, more or less, and you just pick one. More, I guess. But you have more thought in it. You're more direct. You're more intentional with what you're doing because you can actually win 25 times your money back when you pick between two to six of those individual player projection more or lesses. You can do it for multiple sports. It's easy. It's fast. It can be done in under 60 seconds as well. And they've also got this reboot policy. So your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if a player exits the game in the first half and doesn't come back in the second, your player gets Rebooted. I need a sound effect for that. PricePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PricePix.com slash locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Okay. That will uh, bring us into talk about uh, our Milwaukee Bucks. Jay Crowder had the groin surgery. We're looking at mid-January for him. That does help Paddy Connaughton. It does help uh, Leaky Beasley to get a little bit more extra run. We don't look at any of those guys more than stream options, especially Beasley for threes. Beauchamp is dealing with an ankle problem, as is Chris Livingston. They're both out for the game. The game Monday, I believe it is, for the Bucks. So they should be able to return for the next one. Um, but yeah, uh, Livingston's not a rotation piece and Beauchamp is, but not a, not a key one. So it doesn't really impact us much for fantasy. For the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero with that ankle sprain. I'm looking at around the first week of December. So probably another week to two away for him, which is obviously frustrating, but it keeps the window open for Duncan Robertson, followed by Kyle Lowry. Kyle? Kyle Lowry, followed by Jaime Huckers. That is probably the order of priority of those players. 
Um, Roderick Hampton Jr. is dealing with a knee problem. We're looking at maybe early December, but they were a little bit vague and there was some question, wrong or questionable, some worrisome ways that they've phrased that Hampton injury. So he may not actually return into the new year, but because it's RJ Hampton, they don't actually care enough to give us big reports on it. That's not a dig at RJ Hampton. That is just what happens in the NBA. For the Grizzlies, Ja Morant suspension, the date hasn't changed. He's still returning on the 19th of December. We've put Marcus Smart's ankle injury return date at the same date. Who knows if it is or not? But that means that this is just to give you an idea of how we can look at these projections when we're talking about old mate Santi Aldama. He's got an opportunity to start at small forward until the 19th of December when both of those guys could return. One definitely, one maybe. Brandon Clark is out until the 28th of February, maybe you know, around that all-star break period with his Achilles. And then you've got Xavier Tillman with a knee issue, Luke Kennard with a knee issue, and Jake LaRavia with an eye issue. Tillman and Kennard will be impactful on Aldama. And you'll ask how? Well, they're both probably going to play 20 plus minutes. And the more that Tillman plays and Biombo at center, fuel minutes for Jaron at center, which pushes more minutes for Aldama at the three. And then Kennard returns and he plays at the two and three as well. So it does just confuse things a little bit. We're still rolling with Aldama, but remember, 27 shots last game, six assists last game, 37 minutes last game, almost zero chance that all that shit sticks. It just is unlikely to stay at that level. He is a guy we roster, but that stuff was absolutely ridiculously high level when there are two players in Tillman who can, and Kennard who just might take two to three minutes away. And that just drops everything down a little bit. It's always it's always little things we can look at um, to have impacts on stuff. For the Lakers, Gabe Vincent appears to have had some sort of setback with his knee effusion. We're looking at the beginning of uh, December for him. His return will impact players because him coming into that bench rotation means that how do we view Austin Reeves? Is Reeves going to play 18 minutes now? Or is Reeves going to go back and play 30 and Cam Reddish is a Keith Bogans 18-minute-a-night starter? Someone's going to lose out there. And the same with Jared Vanderbilt-Bar, who probably at some point will start over Torian Prince. But if he does, that means that Prince then moves into that mix with how Reddish gets minutes. They are both rotation players who are going to have impacts on a bunch of these guys who are having fringe value. Well, Christian Wood's going to get the ass. We know that. But Reddish, who's playing these 38 minutes a night, does he move back to a 10-minute night, 15-minute night role? Or does he keep starting? And Austin Reeves plays 20 minutes or 19 minutes. That would seem insane. But you never know. You never know. There are things we need to watch. For the Clippers, Mason Plumley with his knee problem. We're looking at uh, January. I would guess for his return. Daniel Tice is there now. PJ Tucker can play some center. Tice is just a deeper league guy to watch. The fact that he signed and then was immediately into the rotation an hour later was intriguing. And his ability to shoot is useful. Now, the fact that they've moved Russell Westbrook to the bench means that it's less likely for me that Tice gets to a 24-minute split with Zubats. Part of my rationale was that if they're going to play Westbrook and Harden together, then Tice actually makes a little bit of a sense as a center who can shoot a little bit. But if they're not going to play them together and they didn't, then there's no need to have that because Zubats is a great pick-and-roll partner for what James Harden can do. So let's watch how that all plays out. BJ Boston, another looks like a lost season for him. It's just been a shocking run for him on a team that doesn't want to play rookies and now he's injured. I just want him to go to another team and have an opportunity. I do think there is a real player in there somewhat, but obviously, given that I'm not seeing it, I'm losing faith. The Pacers are relatively clean in their injury report. Andrew Nembhard missed last game with a back problem. He also started to lose minutes to TJ McConnell before that. Um, he's obviously not a 10 or a 12 or probably even a 14-team league player, but let's watch his place in the rotation. For the Houston Rockets, Amen Thompson, maybe we get him back at the end of this week with that ankle problem, but there are people who look at Amen Thompson and look at Asar Thompson, right? And there are people who look at it in two different ways. And it's really interesting for me to watch this. There are the people who are like, 
man, do I just grab a man Thompson now? He's coming back. He's got this big role coming up. He's going to be great. And I go, mm, no, I don't really know how he plays 26 a night. Play the 240 game. Do you take 10 minutes off Dylan Brooks? Does Tyree Eason never play? How do you, does Jay Sean Tate never play? A man's probably going to sit at 20 minutes a night, I would guess, and it's not going to be enough. And then there's the other side of things where people go, man, why, why, I screwed it up. Why did I pick a man over Asar? What a dreadful move from me. Asar's clearly better. He's the dominating guy. A man's trash. Asar's great. I don't know about that. Like, if you had a man in Asar's position, I think you'd be putting up dominating numbers as well. These guys are very similar players. A man, honestly, is a better athlete than Asar and a better passer than Asar. And even if he's a worse shooter, it doesn't matter because Asar's shooting 10% anyway. So, you I, if you're in a dynasty league, there are going to be people who regret taking a Men Thompson. There are going to be the smart people who will be like, we're cool. I'm going to hold him. But there are going to be the people who go, what, what am I doing? Why did I do this? And you should be swooping in. Because he can be a SAR to me, but better. It's just going to take more time for that to happen. As for redraft, I don't think a men's going to have impact this season. Victor Oladipo, yep, I don't know that he plays at all this season, but we've got him listed at end of February. For the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green. Suspension, we've got a couple more games, so he should be able, well, he will be able to return on the 28th of November. Gaz Payton with his ankle um, around that same time, I'm guessing. That is enabling Brandon Pajemski to play this solid role. It's not enough for 12-team leagues for Pajemski, but how he fits over Moody and over Peyton when all, of, all these guys are healthy is going to be something to watch. And I'm going to be honest with you. If Clay Thompson misses games, I would add Pajemski immediately. Now, Clay obviously, obviously is <laughs> on washed watch. Now, washed watch does not mean that you're watched. Washed. Washed. It means that we are very intently watching to see whether you are, in fact, washed. So there you go. But if they ever made a change, which they definitely won't. But if they did, Pods would be the guy that I'd be interested in. I think the uh, they really like him there in Golden State, and rightfully so. Detroit. A lot of injuries on this shitful team, and they are impacting a lot. We know this. And this is why when we talked earlier about Marcus Sasser and guys like that, is that there's a lot of guys that need to return. Jalen Duran's officially questionable for today. Hopefully, he's able to return. This will thankfully kill Kevin Knox. Well, not... I don't want that man to die, but it will kill him as a starter in the NBA, again, hopefully. And it will push a guy who should not be starting at power forward in Isaiah Stewart to power forward. There is the makings of a team that could be good here. And it's the top two names on this list. It's Jalen Duran and Boyan Bogdanovich. If they start over Isaiah Stewart and Kevin Knox, well, you've already improved your team, I think, 50%. A shooting four who can score and playmake and take pressure off others, Boyan, great. A rim-rolling, lob-threat, pick-and-roll, rebounding beast in Jalen Duran, yeah, Better than Kevin Knox and Isaiah Stewart. They are the biggest upgrade you would ever see over those two players there. Whether they would decide to start Boyan at the four over um, <laughs> over Isaiah Stewart, well, that's where the Pistons come in. Isaiah Livers also could be back, and he's another one that would be someone who just gives more space versus starting Kevin Knox. But Livers cannot stay healthy. He's a ridiculously low-usage player as well that's probably not going to be fantasy-relevant. I've got Monte Morris and Joe Harris maybe returning this week. As for Boyan, I think probably December, but no updates, none. I didn't even know if the man was alive until I saw him um, walking around at the start of a game in, in uh, two days ago. Didn't know he was around, hadn't heard shit on him. Morris and Harris could be back this season. Now, are Morris and Harris part of the future for this team? Obviously not, but when you've lost 11 in a row because your team's dreadful, 
that idea of we're going to play the young guys has to go out the window. You just need some competency in there. So I thought maybe they'd play Sasser over. Um, Morris, maybe Killian Hayes would keep his role, but they're so bad that I just think they need some sort of steadiness in there. We're not rostering Morris, obviously not rostering Harris, but they could have an impact on the minutes of guys like Hayes, of like Ivy, your livers coming in and Bogdanovich coming in and impacting hopefully Stewart and Knox and Bagley and Wiseman and all these guys who are terrible. The Denver Nuggets, it's only one. It is the headmaster, Jamal Murray, with his hamstring, maybe the end of this week. And that would obviously uh, end the Reggie Jackson streaming. And then we have to be a little bit cautious with some minutes early on for Murray. For the Dallas Mavericks, we've got Muxy Kleber with that toe injury. We're looking at probably the start of December there. I don't think it's going to impact Derek Lively a huge amount, but it could. Kleber hasn't really, I don't think, played 20 minutes this season. His body is a a little broken down. And I'm not sure, much like Alex Cruz, I'm not sure he can actually play 25 a night anymore. Seth Curry missed last game with a hip injury. Um, Yeah, he hasn't really done anything. He feels a little bit on, um, should we do it? Is he a little bit on wash watch? I think he might be. And they've got other options, like Tim Hardaway and like the horribly underutilized Jaden Hardy. For the Cavs, Don Mitchell with a hamstring. I wish we had more information on this. I would love to rule him out for the week. I don't know that it's an acute hamstring strain, but... He did strain it during a game. Now, the difference is if I saw him strain it during a game and then he left the game and didn't return, automatic 10 days, two weeks, I would rule him out. But he played through it. Now, that is because a lot of the time NBA players and teams don't have any idea what they're doing with hamstring injuries. But that gives me a little bit of pauses. So he may he may be right, he may not be. Karis Levert, Isaac Okoro, and Milk, Ty Jerome, all of those guys, we're not really sure of their status. Of course, if and Ricky Rubio's out, I don't know that he plays this season. We've heard nothing. I'd be surprised if he's back at any point in 2023, maybe the 24 portion of the season. But if Mitchell, Levert, Okoro, and Jerome are out, then we use unknown player. He becomes a really interesting stream option, old Craig Porter. Craig Porter, like I referred to him back in week one, mini Derek White. One of the best shot blocking guards you would see. He's completely, he's very sure. He's like 6'2", 6'3". Blocks shots, gets steals, gets assists, can score. He, he's one of those guys with an insanely interesting fantasy profile and statistical profile. And yes, it takes a million options for him to get playing time. But when he does, you need to sit up and take notice. And that we saw it yesterday. I think you're all aware of it now. I think you've all taken notice of it after yesterday's game. For the Bulls, for a team this bad to only have one bloke on the injury report is damning again. Um... I'd say Dalen Terry is doubtful with a patellar injury. He's bad. He's not going to play. I could have put the other injury on there as Zach Levine and his um, putrid attitude, but is that ever going to heal? I don't know. He's got to get out of this team. He's so bad. He's got to leave. Um, Get rid of him. Piss him off. He's annoying me. He's up there at DeAndre Ayton, Jeremy Grant levels at the moment. Onto the Charlotte Hornets, another team that is absolutely disgusting in terms of giving us injury updates. Terry Rozier, is his groin going to be good? Who knows? They've told us nothing. They've just ruled him out game by game, out. Better than last season where they listed him doubtful for three weeks, every game. So we're at the stage again, I try to make projections. I saw Rozier go down with a groin injury. Okay, groin injury, soft tissue. That's two weeks. Let's list it out. We're past that now, but I don't know. I don't know when he comes back. And obviously him being out impacts a lot. Impacts Haywood, uh, Miller, uh, Washington Bridges. Adding a 34-minute starting shooting guard into the mix is going to impact somebody. But they won't tell us. Big Dick Nick Richards dealing with a concussion. His absence actually does impact PJ Washington as well. Because if he's there, like, how do they run Mark? How do they run Richards? How much small ball does PJ play? We still don't know. There are a lot of question marks here. James Booknight with a knee injury. This man might not play a single second in the NBA. And the other one is Cody Martin. You want to talk about injury reporting? 
Anyone want to say a single thing about this man? No. The worst injury management situation I've seen. That's not true, but it's pretty bad. We've heard nothing. He hasn't played. He hasn't played since he played three games last season. And we just don't know. He had surgery. What for? Don't know. Is he he recovering? Who knows? Is he going to come back? Couldn't tell you. No idea. So I've ruled him out through December. Um, I don't know that he's going to play this season. And again, he would be a guy that theoretically Steve Clifford would love. And that's another 20 minutes off the bench that impacts every one of these players. But we don't know. Frankie Nilkina dealing with a knee injury. Um, he's probably back start of December, but you know, in essence, when players return, he won't play. For the Nets, Ben Simmons. Back injury. We had him always at about a month, so around 14th of December. They said, no, nah, it's nothing. Just be like a you know, maybe three games. Well, we're obviously very well past that because you just, I just don't want to believe anything that these guys and his team says about these injuries. This is what we have. This is, again, it's the conundrum of like when they tell you something, how do you believe it or not? In this case, I didn't, and I pushed him out a little bit further. And so far, I am trending towards being correct on this, but you never know. He might suit up next game. We are getting close to a Cam Thomas return according to his original timetable, but they are bad at reporting injuries in Brooklyn. So I don't know that Thomas returns this week, but we are past that or getting close to that original two-week time frame from him. When he returns, then you're going to see probably Mikhail Bridges' touches come down. Dinwiddie may be turning into a drop and Lonnie Walker not having the same opportunities. Dennis Smith Jr. missed last game with a back problem. He's an interesting assist and steal stream. For the Celtics, all they are is... Um, Derek White is out for personal reasons. Jalen Brown is playing today, and Al Horford's resting. We hope everything is okay with Derek. I'm going to guess. Nah, I'm not even. I'm not even going to guess. I'm not going to guess. No point. Derek White's out today. Personal reasons. Hopefully, it's not long term. And then the Atlanta Hawks. They've got two long term injuries to their rookies, but they're not rotation pieces anyway. Muhammad Gay has a stress reaction. I think in his back. Well, not, it is in his back. I think it's a stress reaction. He's out until about mid-December. And then Kobe Bufkin's thumb injury looks to be more serious than initially reported. We've got him around the beginning of uh, January, but these are not rotation players. And they would only come into play if multiple players got injured on the Atlanta Hawks. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. You thumb that up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.